We are pleased to announce that this is our first in a series of episodes with our new partnership with Authority Magazine. Authority Magazine, a medium publication, is devoted to sharing in-depth and interesting interviews featuring people who are authorities in business, pop culture, wellness, social impact, and tech, using interviews to draw out stories that are both empowering and actionable. Authority Magazine believes that good stories should feel beautiful to the mind, heart, and eyes. Amy Ferris is, well, everything. She's an author, screenwriter, journalist, champion of women, and a Buddhist, and a playwright. Now I'm going to take a breath. Okay, Kev, we are so lucky to have this badass goddess on our podcast today. <laughs> Amy, welcome to Believe in People. Thank you so much. It's thrilling to be here. Well, before we get started, uh, first of all, I want to acknowledge something that you wrote this morning. It was quite a scare, actually. You wrote that there was a hostage crisis standoff in your little town, which I don't know where that is, but you've mentioned that 30 plus police officers uh, or vehicles surrounded a house about a mile from you. And there was this guy with a gun and a grudge and a family. Uh, yeah, could you? Your brain must be reeling. What? What? Uh, can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, you know, yesterday afternoon there were like a ton of cars, cop cars that drove past our house, and we live in the woods. You know, we're not. It's it's really rural, and all of a sudden there were all of these cop cars. And Ken, I said to Ken, "What do you think is going on?" And it ended up that he was. Um, the sheriff was coming to his house to arrest him for a DUI that he never showed up for in court. And he apparently attacked the sheriff and had an arsenal of like 18 weapons. Wow. And he had his, his kids in the house, his wife. Um, and we were all of a sudden we, you know, we we were getting texts, you know, to batten down and lock the house and lock and bolt the doors and uh, don't go out. And you know, when you tell a woman like me that, I go to like every, uh, you know, every dark place imaginable. So, but everything is fine. They they were able to get into the house. They took, um, I think, two. I'm pretty sure it was two people were um, taken into custody and his kids are fine. So when you say that you go into every dark, you go into every dark place imaginable, just in spite of the fact that you live in the woods. Um, yeah, you do. We we're we're all just emerging from every dark place imaginable. I mean, it's almost as if every day is a dark place that's becoming very imaginable. How do you, as an author and a writer and someone who keeps their attention focused on what's going on around us, how do you rise above that? Wow, what an incredible question. I think I rise above it because I'm filled with hope. Huh. Um, and I'm not filled with hope all the time, but um, I believe 
that there's a lot of real good people out there. And I, I have to believe that, you know, without sounding really hokey, uh, that the good, good guys win. Um, but there's a lot of ugly in the world. An unbelievable amount of ugly. I can't believe this weekend there was a day of hate. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but, I can't believe that. I can't. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's weird. And, and I also think that those of us who write and those of us who have a voice have to keep inspiring other people to use their voice. And to be loud and messy and make a ruckus. And um, and that's pretty much how I get above it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Amy, I mean, and I want to I brag a little, if I could, about you. Because you're really something else. And you have that powerful voice. I love that you call yourself a badass. It's so awesome. <laughs> um, you were honored by uh, Women's E! News as one of the 20, uh, 21 leaders for the 21st century for your activism, passion, and commitment to your women's voices. Um, and it happened. this happens to be Women's History Month, which I actually didn't know, but that's so great. And we're celebrating and telling our story. So what story can you share that may help other... And I know you do this... Uh, on Facebook beautifully, but what stories can you share with uh, women to use their own voice? Like how do they project in a way that's going to be helpful to them? You know, I also think it's incredible that March is women's history month because I keep thinking we women March, (laughs) you know, it's like, I don't know any woman who does February, but you know what I mean? It's, we, we March, we, you know, um, we're bold and audacious. And the only thing, the thing that I would tell women specifically is that everything that ever happens to us should be used to inspire and encourage another person, mm-hmm. no matter what it is. I think my, the thing that I've really wholeheartedly believe in, Amy, is turning all of our mistakes into our mission. And whatever happened to us, whatever went down with us, whatever mistake we made, um, to use that, to use that to encourage and inspire other women that they're not alone. So that's really important to me as a woman. Tell us a little bit about the, the, at least two of the books that the, your, your two books that you've written. One that's that's just come out. Do those address that specifically? Because you know, I I also kind of chuckle at the titles. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> um, marrying George Clooney was born out of menopause. Literally, I was. Um, <laughs> I was- I was in the thick of menopause and I was up in the middle of the night. And the very first thing I did was I Googled old boyfriends and I thought, Ooh, this is kind of wacky and interesting. And, you know, I'm going to take this a little further. Um, And so it became the foundation for, for marrying George Clooney. And then what happened was pretty much in the middle of writing this very wacky little odd menopausal book um my mother was diagnosed with dementia and i had a conversation with my publisher at the time because 
I felt like, oh my God, I, you know, I want to go down to Florida and be with her. And, you know, I wasn't sure how to manage going from wacky to menopause to dementia, to dementia. And she encouraged me and she said, okay, I'm wanting to take a real sharp turn here and write about your relationship with your mother. And that opened up absolutely every vein in me that was imaginable. And it gave me an opportunity to get to know my mother better. It gave me an opportunity to understand myself as a child and the pain that I felt growing up. Um, it gave me the opportunity to understand what it's like to give up dreams. And that was what my mom and m many in her generation, by the way, did the same thing, right? You yeah. know, they wanted to be artists and, and out in the world and they became mothers and wives and lived in suburbia and, you know, all of that stuff that they had to suppress. So that was a, a very profound experience for me writing that book. And this book is called Mighty Gorgeous. And it's also kind of like, yay. Um, it's um, a collection of essays, which is very much about, you know, it's like I've, t I've gone from marrying George Clooney to now <laughs> writing about this. <laughs> I have to say that on the cover, on the cover is an upside down squished cupcake with a candle. So if that, if anything ever defined messy love for me, uh, you pretty much summed it. it up there. That's <laughs> I know, right? And Amy, Amy, I want to know, um, and I want to read something uh, in, in a little bit of uh, who you really are because it's pretty profound. Is when did you find your voice? Because it's pretty powerful. It's pretty. It's very raw, and it allows. Or sorry, not allows. It enables other women to start to because it's a scary place to be. Start to reveal themselves as who they are, and you've had that. You built up a community of women that are actually starting, I hear and see and watch them starting to express themselves in a way that I don't think they would have if it wasn't for you. So when did that uh, happen for you? Um, I think it really happened for me, Amy, when I was a little girl. I think that the one thing that I had that I felt that was mine was my diary and that I was able to put everything in that, in that diary. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a real fan of everybody, men and women, using their voice and speaking their truth and sharing their story. And there are a lot of things that we don't want to talk about, you know, and we, there are a lot of things that, you know, are going to just go with us to our grave um, mm -hmm. or <clears throat> the urn, whatever. But um, <laughs> there's a a lot of stuff that um, is hard for all of us to share. And I hope that my being vulnerable and sharing my stories gives everybody else the opportunity to do the same. Mm -hmm. I got to ask you, however, there are a lot in our world that do do a lot of talking without a heck of a lot of thinking going in it prior to the fact, prior to opening their mouths. How do you 
combat that? Or do you have to combat it? How do you confront it? Or do you just avoid it? I don't think I avoid it. Um, I, I do want to say that if there are c- certain people that are just ignorant and stupid and, and mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to combat that. I want, you know, they're going to fall anyway. Yeah. At some point they're going to, you know, they're going to crash and burn in their own way. Um, It's, it's very, it's very interesting that you ask that. I, you know, I get a lot of crap on uh, Facebook when I post something, especially if it's um, a little bit, you know, um, triggering for people. And I learned a long ago that when, when you're triggered, it really means that you're having the person who triggered you is, has really, has really opened something in you, you know, that even when I'm triggered by something, I feel like, Oh my God, you know, that has been in my body for how long. So I just, how I come combat that sometimes is I approach it head on and I call them out or I ask them what were they thinking or, you know, try to have a conversation, which doesn't always go well. But then, um, and then there's a lot of times where I think, you know, I'm just going to let those people fall on their own. Yeah, it's a fine balance, I think, with that, Amy, because, um, you know, you stand up for yourself and what you believe in, and there are always going to be those situations where others just simply don't agree, and you have to, and you have to keep moving through that. And I think that's the power of you is that you have to keep moving. And if I may, okay, so I just, if uh, if you can indulge me for a second, because uh, Amy's words on her Facebook to the, her community, both men and women, are very powerful. And I think as you keep hearing what Amy has to say, it just keeps reinforcing uh, having the courage to be who you are as well, listeners and viewers. So I'm just going to, if I may, I just want to quickly read this. And uh, there's a lot of F-bombs. So if you're offended by the word oh, it's going to bug you. So, okay. This is in Amy's words, Amy's words. Okay. And forgive me if I screw this up, but I won't, I'll try not to. Uh, This (laughs) is what I want to tell you. You may never sell a book or a screenplay or win an award or be a runner up for a Pulitzer, a Pulitzer or Peabody or an Oscar. You may never win a beauty contest or a bowling tournament. You may never be an Oprah pick or a close second as person of the year for time. You may never win a cooking or baking contest or a Betty Crocker bake-off. You may never own a car or a house, but this, 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 your voice matters. Your life matters. Your words matter. Your soul matters. You are the stars and the moon and the whole fucking shebang. Flaunt your humanity, strut it, show it the fuck off, you want to be grand at something, truly grand, be a grand human. Having things, stuff doesn't make us more valuable or more worthy or more important. That's a total sham. Having a huge fucking heart. Now that's what counts. Generosity is all in sexy. Do not hoard life. Shake the fucking goodie bag. <laughs> that's Amy. <laughs> I am okay. so glad use the word fuck you've no idea. i love that word oh. i love that word thank you amy i love that word too and so what wow. do you so how i mean you express yourself so beautifully you're a writer clearly and uh but what it's just you keep pushing the envelope 
I think that's what's so remarkable. You keep pushing so that you're reaching. It's like you're reaching into somebody's voice to say, speak to me, you know, share your thinking. Is that what it is? I, I'm just I'm trying to wrap my head around how you do this. Oh, well, you're, I think you just that. I, I, I think it's because I want, I want people to awaken to their greatness. And I kind of feel like, you know, I have this opportunity. I have a voice. I need to use that voice. I need to share my stories. I need to help people get out of bed in the morning. It's very important to, to make sure that people know that they're not alone in the world, that what they're going through, whatever it is, whether it's a breakup, whether it's a death, whether it's, you know, the loss of a job, whether it's, you know, oh my God, I got one more fucking rejection today from, you know, from a <laughs> publisher. Um, whatever it is that there are other people that have their back that know what they're going through. Um, I have a real hard time with people saying uh, to anybody, you know, just let it go. Just let it go. Yeah. Cause people yeah. need to go through whatever they're going through in order to actually have more empathy and compassion. When people say to me, Oh, Amy, let it go. Just let, let, let the, the thing go. Um, I think, you know what, that's more their issue than it is mine. They're, they are not comfortable with my pain or my struggling or my suffering. And I just, I want everybody, I want everyone to experience their own life. And the good, the bad, the pain, the sorrow, um, every fuck up gets us to where we are. What? Every single one. What makes your blood boil? Uh, the Republican Party. Okay. <laughs> what, makes my, my blood boil, right. what makes my blood boil is hate and violence and discrimination. Um, what makes my blood boil is the amount of ignorance in the world right now that we uh, what makes my blood boil is how did we get here to a place where you know don't say gay and banning books and the fact that you know women still don't have equal rights the fact that There's so much anti-Semitism in the world. There's so much hate toward each other in the world. There's so much intolerance. That, that gets my blood boiling. And yet you still have hope. I do because I write. Yeah. I have to. And you're writing All a lot, that. Amy. Oh, go ahead, Amy. And you're writing a lot. I, you're, you have a, quite a few adventures ahead of you. Can you can you uh, um, share a few things that you're doing? Um, you know, I'm not quite sure what these adventures are yet. <laughs> well, you don't um, have a trip to Europe. Don't, aren't you doing a writers' uh, event in Europe? Yeah, that's actually in 2024. Um, Fantastic! And I get to do it with Brooke Warner and a few other friends of mine who 
are going to be coming along to do that writing retreat, which is fabulous, actually, that um, that all of that kind of manifested in the last week. Um, and I'm going to do a lot of stuff with um, with my book. I'm going to do a whole lot of stuff with that. And hopefully, you know, continue teaching and working with women and helping them write their stories and share their stories out in the world. As the, uh, as the fellow who's uh, the uh, sweet stuff in between Amy one and Amy two here in our little <laughs> podcast, <laughs> I would adorable. like to, uh, I would like to ask the question, who the heck is Ken and what is I Ken? Ah, Ken is the man that I married 30 years ago. Hello, Ken. <laughs> Hello, Ken. Welcome, um, and welcome I, Ken, and I, into my world. <laughs> and I, 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 Ken, was born out of um, a couple of years ago, actually many years ago, I had the computer on my lap in bed, my laptop, and he said, God, I wish I was your computer. <laughs> and so wow. I, I started him i can instead of imac um so uh, so, so ken is a, can can be he can be frisky then is that what you're saying on, on occasion ken is adorable there ken you is, go. is one of the kindest and generous humans on the planet and i'm lucky that he's in my life well and i think it's pretty cool i think it's pretty amazing that the two of you met you have such a love story and this messy wonderful love story and it's you met on, on the movie funny valentine so were you you were a no. writer and cameraman no 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 we met on, we met on a movie called mr wonderful oh mr which, wonderful oh, there you go yes. oh there you go exactly there you go absolutely um and that movie i co-wrote i was a co-writer uh, Vicky and I wrote it together and um, and I met Ken on the movie. He was the cameraman and I was a screenwriter and it was, you know, it was movie magic. It really was. So incredible. it was kind of, uh, it was like love at take one then? No, it was kind of love <laughs> at maybe take 10, but it was, um, it was definitely love. It wasn't love at take one, but um <laughs> Actually, Amy has it, a know, really funny story around uh, how they met. I think she she told him to fuck off at first. That was their first love love thing, wasn't actually, it, Amy? That's very true. And and what happened was that Ken and I had kind of like a we went to a bar, and then he said, "I'll call you," which is sort of like what every guy you know, "I'll call you," not you, yeah. Um, and so it was over Labor Day weekend, and I. <laughs> You know, back in 92, we didn't have cell phones. So I kind of stayed glued to my princess phone and he didn't call. Me. And, you know, he said, I'll call you. And he didn't call me. And I never really went to the set. I didn't feel like I needed to go to the set. And um, so Tuesday morning, I got out of bed and I thought, okay, I'm going to the set. And I went and I, they were shooting on the 59th street bridge. Ken was up on a crane. Um, and I showed up on the set <laughs> and they were, everybody was shooting and there were, you know, all of the people around the camera and James Gandolfini was in the scene. And I stood there with my hands on my hips and I said, you up there. 
you up there. <laughs> I thought you were different than any other man, but you're the, exactly the fucking same. You know, you said you were going to call, you didn't call, you know, and all of a sudden the crane comes down and Anthony Minghella, who was directing the movie, came, came over to me and said, you know, you have a set of platinum balls. <laughs> and that was when I kind of knew that platinum was way better than gold. Um, and anyway, Ken came off the camera and he walked over to me and he said, I'll never do that again. And he's wow. been calling me. But but that was what happened. It was kind of like I, I thought I waited an entire weekend for this motherfucker to call me. And he didn't call me. And I'm going to go now. And <laughs> I'm going to. And he was, it was great. It was a wonderful moment of my taking a stand for my life. And when somebody says, I'm going to call you and they don't, especially when it's a, you know, it's a guy that you like. Um, and he he was able to he was really able to come and own that moment. Hmm. Well, he's, he's uh, a remarkable. Guy. Basically, it it sounds like he was able to redeem himself. But uh, I, would also, <laughs> I would also like to uh, I'd also like to point out that that story right there should be the plot of some movie. With Sandra Bullock at, at some point in 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 movie land, you know, times. Can I ask you? Can I can I take a right turn a little bit here and ask you? And thank you for not telling me to fuck off yet. I'm trying to be <laughs> on my best behavior, um, but I can take it. But anyway, why <laughs> why Buddhism? Why did you become a practicing Buddhist? Um, it really very simply, I was 19 years old. I was really, really having a hard time. And somebody turned me on to Buddhism and it, and I fell in love with it. And this is, this is different than, you know, reading Alan Watt in the quad. This actually really <laughs> touched you. It did. And, you know, I grew up in a Jewish family and we didn't really practice. Uh, we weren't practicing Jews. Um, we were occasional Jews. Um, like we would go to shul occasionally and we would have Passover. And But I think what I was lacking in my life was a connection to my own life. And practicing Buddhism gave me that. It made me feel, and it also gave me a community, which I was in dire need of. Yeah. And, and speaking of that community, Amy, so I'm really fascinated by, you have this a powerful voice, you share your vulnerability, and we are hearing you loud and clear. And I see that more and more people, and I, I would say primarily women, just because I, when, as I'm reading your, your, um, your, your tra uh, Facebook trail, that they are starting to evolve, you know, and, and you're getting emails and, you know, thank you, Amy, you've, you've uh, honestly, you've saved a life and you've, you have saved lives. So for you, did you get, when you were able to, to speak your truth or to be become vulnerable, was it, how did you get the reinforcement to continue? Because you could really get shut down 
you know, when somebody posts something and they're so, it's so vulnerable and then they, mm. they'll either come to silence, like no one will mention anything. And then they feel so shameful that they'll either delete it or, and, and then hide, or they'll just get out there. Like it's a really, it's a tight wire, right? It is. And, you know, I think that one of the things that I've noticed in the last two, I, I think actually, Amy, starting with COVID, that we've all been so isolated. We've all been so vulnerable. We've all been scared. We've all, you know, it's kind of like, um, I think if COVID has done anything, I mean, it's done a lot, but if it's done one thing very, very specifically, it's given all of us the opportunity to kind of like find a community, find a tribe, find the people who hear us and see us and want us uh, to be loud and, and noisy in the world. Um, so I think I've noticed the last year with my writing on Facebook that many more women are sharing their story. Mm -hmm. When I write something, like I wrote something the other day about my mom, and I think there were like 900 comments. Wow. And they were all about their own story. And that inspired me. It wasn't, oh my God, Amy, thank you so much. It was more that I gave them the opportunity to talk about their relationship with their mother or their mm -hmm. family. Um, that inspires me so much that I'm giving women and men, you know, the opportunity to really share pieces of themselves that maybe has been really, really hard for them. And maybe it's not easy to put it out in the real world. You know, maybe, um, some of these folks who comment wouldn't have the, the courage, you know, to say it at a dinner table, but they're, they're able to say it at the Facebook table. So essentially what I'm taking away from this is that strength can come through vulnerability. Absolutely. I think vulnerability is strength. I, I think um, you have to have the courage to be vulnerable. But I think it comes back and forth, don't you? It's kind of like yeah. being vulnerable yeah. also gives you courage, and yeah. courage also makes you a little bit more vulnerable and you know and resilient. You know, um, I think that bravery and courage are born out of something that scares us to do or say. I'm not always courageous, but, and I'm not always brave and I'm often scared and, and, and I still do it. Yeah. I and think I that's the key. I think that's the key, you still do it. You, you have the courage to still do it and the courage gives you the opportunity to become vulnerable. I mean, there's so many ways to slice and dice that, but it's so true. So the fact is you just really have to trust yourself to know that you're going to be okay if you say something. And you have to also trust yourself to know that if you say something and you're not going to be okay, that you will eventually be okay. I mean, I've yeah, said stuff, yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuff and 
have been kicked to the curb. And, you know, um, and that's really the truth too, right? You know, it's um, a lot of times, you, you know, we do and say things that we think, okay, I'm really glad I got this out of my body. And then, you know, you ha- we have all these regrets that we did it. Yeah. Human beings are... Oh, go ahead. Before, I'm sorry. No, I jumped in. But before, um, we have sort of like a down pack question we ask every week. But before Amy asks you that, I want to ask you this. You mentioned something earlier about what happened to us all during COVID. And of course, it happened to me, you, everyone globally, uh, no matter where you were. And you were talking about how communities kind of formed. And you spoke of that in a positive sense, which to me, um, I agree to some extent with that. But on the other hand, I have also noticed that people have become, oh boy, now I'm, I'm starting to run on, but people, People it's have okay. become people have become so cloistered as a result of that that people often find themselves seeking out communities where everyone says exactly what they want to hear, and that can go Most- down to what newspaper you read, what radio station you listen to, what cable news network you listen to, those sorts of things. Where we've become so um, insular, which is the word I was looking for, that people people are aren't looking beyond. And here you are telling us the, the real way to live is to look beyond the end of your own nose. Okay, so what is the question? That was a statement. That was a wonderful thing. What you but, just that was said beautifully said, Kev. That was beautifully well, said. It's you're right, Amy. You, you are look past. You're you're looking but beyond. You've, but you've got to you've got to. Don't you believe that you have to break through that in order to see what's beyond the end of your nose? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I can. I, I can surround myself said, in editorials. I agree with. I think what you just said also is really important because. I think part of, and what you just said really truly resonates because part of what happens too is that um, because of COVID, we, we've also sought out the very the same people. You know, um, to me, it's you know, it's kind of like what's going, what goes on in Facebook. The minute you post something that's a little bit different or a little bit, um, or you're calling somebody out there seems to be this intense kind of attack and that, that irritates me that we Mm -hmm. can't have conversations. We can't have dialogue. You know, it's immediately you're the bad guy. And, um, and thank you, Kevin, for that, because that gives me a lot to think about too, what you just said. Mm. And now and I want to ask, we ask our guests at the end of our conversation, Amy, why do you believe in people? Oh, what a beautiful question. Why do I believe in people? Because um, I think we all have the same dreams. And I think we all have the same wants. And I think that we all really, truly 
I believe in people because I think most people are, are really looking and searching for a piece of their own heart. And I think that when people do really awful things, when people, and I'm not talking about, I'm talking about everyday kind of awful, not heinous awful. Um, I believe in people who redeem themselves. I believe in people who say, oh my God, when I was, you know, 14, 15 years old and, and really screwed up that they want to make the world better. Yeah. They want to go out there in the world and, and share their experiences and make the world better. And I believe in people because I think that without people, I don't think our hearts would beat. That's powerful. Amy Ferris, thank, thank you for being with us. Um, thank you for having me. This is a real thought-provoking conversation, and uh, I'll just end my little part of it by saying, I was very touched the evening that you were Googling old boyfriends and somehow came up with George Clooney. Perhaps People Magazine would like to find out more about your relationship with George Clooney and all the other, <laughs> all the other uh, you know, uh, A-listers that you dated over the years. But I'm, I'm very glad that you settled on I can. And I'm sure I Ken am so is. glad I settled on I can. And I think <laughs> it's pretty remarkable that George Clooney married a woman with the yes. AM, right, Amy? It, you <laughs> oh, know, yeah. He was looking for Amy and he settled for Amal. I mean, I don't yeah. think he go. settled. I think she's mighty, yeah. mighty, mighty extraordinary. But I think, you know, the AM thing, right, Amy? Yeah, absolutely. I, I concur. <laughs> and also, speaking of mighty, you can now pre-order, this is very exciting, pre-order Mighty Gorgeous, a little book about messy love. And Amy, are you number one or so, on uh, the uh, best-selling list right Actually, now? Actually, when it first, no, no, I don't think I am right now. I think when the book um, first went on to Amazon, which I had no idea that they had put it up there, then all of a sudden everybody was pre-ordering it. And it was number one for about a week. I, I'm pretty sure it's back. Like I'm pretty sure it's back to like one million, one point eight million now. But <laughs> but for a, for a good week, it was it was up there. That's exciting. Congratulations. Congratulations. Looking forward to reading it. Oh, and thank you both for having me. Oh, thank, thank you. We're so grateful. Thank you so much. Amy Ferris is fucking great. <laughs> I'll pick it up from there, Amy. Um, Amy Ferris, what a great conversation. And you know what? I think that's what's so great about this little project that we have is that Amy Ferris is the kind of person you want to sit across a coffee table with and have a coffee and talk about the issues of the day, talk about yourself, talk about all the things that we carry around with us every day, things that are bothering us, things that give us joy, and the things that assist us in believing in others. And that's why we're so grateful you out there join us every week for believe in people which is our little podcast and now it's sponsored by authority magazine which gives us even a bigger audience um but if you'd like to subscribe to believe in people do that too and we'll see you next week thank you thank you everyone